I call it my journey to inner peace, you know, because all these climbs and ultra gives me an opportunity to escape and connect with my inner self and, you know, praise the nature that how powerful the nature is and how small we are. That was Dilip Shikawit, and this is episode 92 of the Inspired Souls podcast. Hi, I'm Carolyn, and I'm a roadrunner. And I'm Kim, and I'm a trail runner. Welcome to our podcast, where we bring the communities of trail and road running together and explore the parallels between running and life. Today, we welcome Dalip Shekawat back to the show to tell us all about his most recent adventure, the Jungle Ultra, a 230-kilometer, five-stage, multi-day event in Peru, deep in the Amazon rainforest. You first met Dalip in episode 30 when we talked about his summit of Mount Everest. This time, we talk about what it's like traveling on foot through the untamed rainforest, the wildlife he saw along the way, including snakes, monkeys, and spiders, the self-supported nature of the race, the multiple river crossings, mud, and constant wet conditions, and how he had to dig deeper than ever to complete stage four, reportedly the hardest stage of any race in the world. This is one event that certainly does sound like too much, but it wasn't for Dalip. His stories reveal the strength of his spirit and love for the earth he travels. Okay, let's talk to Dalip. Well, Dalip, welcome to the Inspired Souls podcast. Welcome back. You were a previous um, guest of ours in episode 30. And true to form, you have not stopped running, not stopped adventuring. And we have something new to talk about today. So welcome back to the show. Thank you, Caroline and Kim, for having me. So we're just going to dive right in there um, and hear all about the Jungle Marathon. But for those listeners that haven't met you before or know who you are, can you give us just a brief overview of, of who you are, where you're from, what you do? Okay, so I'm Dilip Shikawat, and I'm 47 years old. I live in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and I'm a special education teacher and a reservist with Army. Okay. And in our previous episode, we were talking to Dalip about his summit of Mount Everest. So he's no stranger to taking on um, big adventures with big goals. And so now we are really excited to talk to you about the Jungle Ultra Marathon, which you just completed um, on June 9th. So it ran June 5th to 9th in Peru. So... um, Basically, can you describe this race to us? What is it? How does it work? So Jungle Ultra is a breathtaking foot race through the Amazon rainforest. It is a 230-kilometer race split into five stages of suffocating jungle. It is a self-sufficient race where you have to carry all your food, your sleeping gear, and your safety equipments. And uh, the accommodations at, after each stage is provided by uh, the rangers. So we put our hammocks on the side, and there is a team of medics which look after us once we finish the race. Is that kind of automatic that you need a medic at the end of each stage? No, it was not. But they were there for our safety just to make right. sure that uh, nobody, mm. you know, uh, just collapse on the way because I'm just kind of joking (laughs) (laughs) like is that something somebody can assume that they're going to need a medic at the end of each stage or not so okay so they provide you accommodation water medical support but other than that you're on your own 
So accommodation is not like uh, we go in the building, we have to uh, put our hammocks outside in the in the forest, but all oh. the other staff officials go in the building, the rangers building. So we were outside oh. with the bugs. Uh, okay. And how many people <laughs> do this race? How many were in your group? So we like initially more than 60 people signed up. So 40 showed up. There were some baggage issues. So only 38 started the race. Oh, okay. wow. And then That's 20 finished field. the full course. Uh, nine, nine were DNF, got injured, uh, were dehydrated. And then seven did the short course. And what is the short course? Short course is like stage four. Uh, there is a cutoff time. If you can't meet that cutoff, then you have to do uh, like a very shorter route. So you 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 won't be counted as like a finisher, uh, but they'll give you medal. And same thing with stage five. Uh, stage five, if you don't meet the cutoff by 3 p.m., uh, you have to do the short course. That means most of the people come back to finish the full course. There were a number of runners who were <laughs> coming back like the second time or third time to finish that race. Right. Okay, so maybe take us back to how you got interested in this race. Like, why was it something that you wanted to do? And how long had you been thinking about it? All of that. Talk to us about how you even got interested in this race. You know, uh, uh, as I started hiking almost 19 years back, and this grew into like something, you know, I have to challenge myself. I want to do something, something bigger. And that led to, you know, high altitude climbing. I did Everest. And after Everest, I had such a huge momentum that I don't know where to use this energy. So I decided to look for races uh, where, you know, the extreme races. And uh, I found the MDS. So I went there. I finished MDS. And then I, what after MDS? Then I looked into Jungle Ultra and I found this extreme race where, you know, you can find yourself <laughs> in a different way so jungle ultra really proved that uh, it is it is something you know it is it tested me to to my limits in a very different way that's a key phrase i think you know mountains mount everest to the desert to the jungle so you can't get much different than that and the jungle also can't be more different than where you currently live which is winnipeg manitoba <laughs> so my next question is you know we asked you that how do you train for everest in winnipeg which is the flattest place i've ever lived how do you train for the jungle a wet humid hot climate in winnipeg in the winter what did you do so, uh, you know, it's not about like you can really simulate that environment. It's more about having that endurance and that stamina and that mindset to, to go through hard. So I ran pretty much every day. I walked every day. I did HIIT workout just to, you know, have that um, muscle memory to, to push through those hard moments. So I think it's, it comes to mental after one point, you know, that whether you can do it or not. And I had that locked in my head that uh, the only thing which is going to stop me is when I'm collapsing. So I was prepared in a way. And there were there were tough times when I, you know, I felt that, you know, uh, you get up and going, get going. This is your race. You signed up for this. And then, like, find opportunity every extreme weather 
I ran in like whenever the blizzards were here. Right. Uh, you know, I didn't miss any any worse day because that is what is going to give you that mindset of pushing through and you know uh, having that uh, muscle memory of you know that I can do it because I have I've, I've survived those extreme mm-hmm. conditions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really interesting point about like, yeah, we, you can't, you're not in the environment to have the exact same conditions as you're going to have in the race, but you can really get yourself super fit and being fit is going to carry you yes. most of the way and being, putting yourself in uncomfortable situations where you have to endure and push through, uh, whether it's super cold, uh, it translates over sometimes into super hot in this case, potentially. So that's, that's amazing. So, you know, given that, you know, knew these conditions were going to be different than here in Winnipeg, what did you do to prepare for that course specifically? Like, did you, were there YouTube videos that you watched or did you happen to know other people that had done it that could give you the Intel? Like, how did you know what you were getting yourself into? Well, I had, uh, uh, a woman from Calgary who ran this race for five times. She was my mentor in a way. Like I asked her a lot of questions that what kind of uh, preparation do I need? So she gave me roughly an idea that it's going to, it's, it's not going to be an easy race. And uh, mm. so I, I did back to back runs. I did 50 K, you know, and then I ran like a couple of half marathons back to back and then I carried weight stairs. So there was no rest. Uh, it was continuous, uh, workout mindset that you know if you have to do this you need to have the the stamina to to tolerate this Uh, so i think a lot of time it's 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 all like how you tell yourself and you just have that keep keep going momentum you know right okay so tell us a little bit more about the days leading up to the race and your trip there so we are now looking at a let's just say pseudo post COVID era. Did you have to worry about any travel restrictions or requirements, you know, and how early did you arrive there? Kind of what was your week before the race and what did it look like? So week before the race, like I totally tapered down and I relaxed and I did the carb loading, a lot of rest so that I was well rested when I reached there. So I arrived in Costco, Peru on June 3rd. And then the next day we were transported to Manu National Park, uh, which is at 3000 meter elevation uh, that is known as base camp. And uh, the first night was so cold that we had no idea that the jungle is going to be so cold. It was zero degrees and we all didn't sleep. No one slept because we had like sleeping bag, which is not not for that temperature. So So where were you sleeping? Were you in a hammock already by then or were you in a building? We were in a hammock. Oh my. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so the self-supported <laughs> stage started before the race. So we were on our own on June 4th. So okay. whatever. You should see the had. look on Carolyn's face right now. I'm sorry to interrupt you. It was like this. Oh my goodness. Look. Okay. I'm thinking yeah, like in the days leading up to a race, when you really want to get some good sleeps, it's like, boom, go outside in the cold and sleep in a hammock. Good luck. Yeah, so we started with zero sleep. So that's the oh. day when I said, welcome to the jungle. We just uh, welcomed each other, like looked at each other's face and everybody was like kind of pale. It was so dripping in the morning that when we packed the hammock, like extra two kilos were added, added because of that water. It was wet, 6.30, we were ready. And uh, briefing 
happened at 6:45, 7 a.m. We started, wow. and then uh, yeah, like that. Stay first stage one is uh, was 38 kilometers, and it's called Cloud Nine because you are up high on the valley and you can see all those clouds settling down. Beautiful scene, you know. It's like uh, I can't like believe myself that I was there, you know, just just to do this. And uh, it started at seven, we passed through five different ecosystems. So it is such a beautiful view. Like sometimes I felt like I need to pause and see and you know, that what I'm doing, you know, this is so beautiful and amazing. So I admired at moments and uh, then it lead to winding trails. So we descended 15, 1500 meters in stage one and that forced us to go slow because those were very steep descent and then once we arrived like it took us around eight or nine hours to do that stage uh, so what was we, your footing like like was it muddy was it rooty was it it was wet like uh, okay a lot of leaves so we okay you know and then slippery at certain points mm-hmm. day one was not that slippery because it didn't rain so we were okay we had some good pace to to do but uh, uh still that steep you know we have to use ropes to descend and again we oh. have to go up then we have to use ropes to climb up there were some fixed ropes there and then once we reached there we fixed our hammock we got hot water for cooking and uh, the medics uh checked us that you know everybody's surviving and happy and what did you have on your feet <laughs> yes good question so I, I put Vaseline, you know, actually uh, that helped me in the past races also. So I had no blisters. Stage one was okay. A little bit of wet feet. Uh, we didn't get much of only two rivers to cross. And uh, once we reach uh, uh, there, then it was really warm because we are already like 1500 meter in the valley. Mm-hmm. Um, stage two is called Amazonia, which is, uh, which was around 44 kilometers long. And mm-hmm. this is, the real taste of Amazon. So we descended further after in stage two and we crossed like small settlements where we saw like uh, two people, locals. And uh, that's where we got the first taste of Amazon. Like, wow, this is so like so dark in the in the forest, like the sun sunlight doesn't reach there. Okay. Wow. And uh, wow. we got muddy, like knee deep mud and there were sharp, sharp climbs and descents. The humidity was like choking. We could feel like uh, we were just dripping. Like my hat was dripping water. I said, what happened to, to my hat? I said, how come the wall? And then I realized that, oh, it's the humidity which is causing. And I saw like a lot of runners, uh, they were sitting down and feeling, uh, you know, tired and felt that uh, heat is affecting them. So um, what would the temperature have been? Temperature was like with humidex, like, uh, around 40 i can say oh my yeah, oh, yeah it was pretty hard there you're telling us that you were okay though you you didn't have to yeah i was okay take i was any emergency measures no i was okay i just uh, kept my pace and uh, and then like there were thorns we saw like biting insects so that's where like we got real ex- exposure of amazon so any ant you can imagine like we saw fire and we saw red ant we saw bullet ant and then blue butterflies, like big size blue butterflies and the leaf cutter ants, beautiful birds. And they were like, wildlife was just flourishing there. Mm-hmm. And then spider monkey, we saw a group of spider monkeys. I was going to say monkeys. 
Oh, yes. wow. So they were like so almost cool. 20 to 30. And they were so loud that they were breaking bamboo trees and making sure that we get out of their space. Right. <laughs> I thought they, so, you know, and then we saw beautiful spiders and uh, river crossing was, was not that bad because it didn't rain. So river were uh, at normal level. And uh, again, we reached uh, after nine or 10 hours of, of brutal uh, uh, cl- climb and descents. And we got hot waters and again, medics. So now we started having blisters because now we're mm-hmm. ex- getting exposed to more mud. And so it was mm-hmm. stuck in our socks and you have to clean it. But it was okay as of day two, like not bad. We were not too tired. But again, it started raining that day. And uh, so day two, uh, night, it rained. Day three, all day it rained. Uh, almost 30 hours of you can see torrential rain, which is like you can feel like somebody's hitting you with with a hail on on your hammock. So uh, that made everybody kind of soaking wet. So we couldn't sleep because our sleeping bag and the rain was coming from all directions. And those uh, hammocks are not that secure for for heavy rain. So uh, stage three uh, started early morning. We were uh, just soaking wet. And we packed everything as wet and because of 30 hours of rain and stage three was brand new stage for us because uh, they they cleared a brand new section of Amazon where uh, we had to descend. Uh, Those were very sharp descent. And uh, after uh, CP1, checkpoint one, we had 600 meter of steep climb, like straight climb. So that uh, was the hardest stage for me because... It was new and the risk assessment because of rain, it becomes so worse that you have, you had no way to like save yourself because you cannot go down without sliding yourself because you have to go on your butt. And we, uh, what happened is I, when I was going down, I, I rolled down my pole stuck and both the poles broke. And then I, I hit a bamboo on my hand. So that was bleeding and one bamboo, sharp bamboo, stuck on my back that was bleeding and I rolled and I hit my head on the log so I was dizzy for for a few moments and uh, I saw others like the other guy was also coming down and he also had the same thing Uh, yeah that that uh, uh, stage three was very brutal on me and that gave me a chance to to reassess myself like uh, why I'm doing this you know there are moments and then I paused myself and I did a self-reflection that, you know, this is what you wanted, right? So get up and get going. And uh, somehow, like, it took us only 10 kilometers. It took us six hours for 10 kilometers just to do that section. And that was uh, the hardest part of the race for me. That gave me uh, that I'm nothing in front of the the jungle because jungle is so powerful. No matter how much trained you are, you, you cannot go without falling down on those slopes. And if you can save yourself through those sharp, pointy, like there were pricks everywhere, there were ants. If you touch anything, you the ants will just climb on you and start biting you. So you have to be very careful and balance that. And uh, stage three, when I came back, I was totally exhausted, disappointed with myself. But again, it took me, you know, because all for this race, I knew that stage four is the toughest of any race in the world. The stage four is designed because it had 
almost uh, 1800 meter of climb and we have to cross so many rivers and like river there were a lot of varieties we have to do tubing we have to do raft because those were big rivers uh, and then uh, that was you know we have to like use pulley a motorboat tube so there were so many river crossing in that stage and we had like dark undergrowth we have to pass through where it's like during day daylight it's just you have to use headlamp it was oh so dark goodness. in there and humidity was like 100 percent so it was very hot humid uh, steep climbs deep mud and the uh, stunning waterfall like we saw some beautiful waterfall during that stage you know that so i took some good pictures um, and that's the stage where i broke my phone because i just uh, got swayed away the water was swollen the rivers because of 30 hours of rain it made it worse uh, but you know it was amazing i enjoyed that stage because i said this is for me because I, what could be harder than everest that that kept me going like i ran that that race and i i i'm proud that i i, I finished at least two hours earlier than the cutoff time. So mm -hmm. stage so four. So you think that stage four was harder than Everest? No, stage four. Am I hearing four, you no, I, no, I said like I have done Everest. It, it can't be harder than that. Oh, so, I see. So that okay. made me, you know, that mindset yes. to run that route. So I run that right. stage four. So, mm, okay. you know, that gave me power to, to push through. And I really am happy that, you know, I yeah. didn't stop. And mm -hmm. I was... So determined to finish this stage. I said, if I can, if I can finish stage four, I'll finish this race. Mm -hmm. That was a challenge to myself. And I, once I finished that race, you know, I said, okay, last stage I can do it because yeah. then uh, last stage was seventy kilometer, and uh, that was a long one. So we had fifteen kilometers of river crossing. So we had to walk in the river, which For was me fifteen k in the river, and that was a mental challenge because you know how uneven the rock uh, the mm -hmm. bed is like river bed is i fell i hurt my knee i was limping for a while but i said uh, this is this the cutoff time is three o'clock the 45k mm -hmm. like they put it at 45k and river took the most time because it was fast flowing so you you can just get you know blown away with the fast water so you have to balance and you have to walk only at a certain pace mm -hmm. that was killing most of the time but you know it's all mental game i just tried to balance I fell I don't know 100 times but I got up and kept going once I crossed the river you know this is this is my time now so I still have 20 kilometers to meet the cutoff and and I just just ran it was very hot that time because uh, it was I can say 40 plus you can you can feel the temperature was so hot everybody was kind of slowing down and uh, we crossed this technical stretch I meet the cutoff time by 20 minutes only. So uh, the okay. 2.40, I was there and they said, are you sure that you want to do the la like long stage? I said, yes, I am here for long stage. And the long stage had like straight 1,000 meter climb after checkpoint four. And that was an overkill because you go like straight 1,000 meter. And then uh, by the time I reached there and then I have to descend down for six kilometers in, in the forest and it was eight o'clock at night there oh, the wow. like sunlight doesn't so right. the toughest time uh, was that when i reached at the end of the jungle my headlamp burnt out so and uh there was no glow stick mark at the river 
and the river was so big because we have crossed so many rivers with uh, with the motorboat and tube. I thought, uh, this is no way I can I can cross this river. And there was another runner who was lost too. So two of us were lost for 45 minutes. We waited there and there was no sign of any glow stick. But then I used my uh, broken uh, pole, just like a blind person, I just moved and I crossed the river. It was up to my, my waist. And then I said, if I have to swim, I have to swim because I have to go across this. That's where the, the aid station is. And then okay. I, I, I finally made it and I use my Garmin like they come with flashlight these days. So mm-hmm. those are not that mm-hmm. effective, but still like I, I reached the checkpoint five and I told them that, uh, you know, uh, I'm lost. The radios were not working. Uh, and then they said, yeah, I think somebody removed the glow sticks. So they were missing. Mm-hmm. But uh, after that, you know, we had 14 more kilometers to go. So we assembled ourselves the another runner from switzerland you know we both paired up and we did the last 14k we reached around 11 uh, 11 p.m at night and you know we finished this race with so so much you know like i was emotional at that time because uh, it gave me you know that power to to feel that you know i've done something and i i call it you know my journey to inner peace and i think all those bruises, cuts, and bleed, they were just gift from the jungle. And I have earned uh, my batch. And, you know, next day we, we had our medal ceremony and we were taken for a feast by, by the villagers at Pilkopata. And they served us a good meal. And we had our own time. The next day we came back to Peru, uh, and, uh, Cusco. We spent some, some time with friends there. We went out for dinner and then we all came back to our destination so i think jungle has such a remarkable imprint on my brain that uh, if ever i get an opportunity to go back i would definitely go back and respect the jungle oh mm. wow okay deep breath here i'm still kind of stunned by everything you just described so you described my own personal vision of horror and then you said this is the best thing ever. I would love to go back. So I would love to hear, like you mentioned the waterfalls, you mentioned testing yourself, finding your limits, overcoming them. What are some of the other highs and the best moments of the five days you spent out there in the jungle? Does anything stand out to you? Yes, the beautiful snakes I saw on the way. I wondered about the snakes. Yeah, Tell us we... about the snakes. So, you know, I have interest in snakes and uh, back home I used to study snakes. So I became a snake expert in Amazon. Everybody used to ask me, they took a picture of what snake it is. And I myself have seen like 11 varieties of snake and there were four poisonous. And we almost uh, had a near miss with uh, the cobra. So it was lying on the, on the trail and runners didn't know that how long it is. And when they showed me the picture, I said, you had a really near miss because this cobra might be just facing you because it's, it's like at least 10 feet long on the trail and where you don't know where the mouth is, you know, because they, they are very aggressive for mm-hmm. their behavior. So that was fascinating. And uh, I saw like green frog, which was jumping around. I, I had a near miss uh, with the black widow spider when I was sliding down in the jungle. Uh, it was two feet away from me. And those ants, when they were biting, it was just like you can scream the whole jungle because that bite was so painful. And then at the hammock also, you've been because we used to eat food in the hammock uh, in the rain. So all the red ants will just 
get attracted to the smell and they were everywhere. So they will bite you. Bugs were horrible. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> this is all great. jungle, you know, <laughs> yeah, just, just pure suffering. Yes. <laughs> well, you mentioned, uh, you know, especially starting on day three, but it sounds like even beyond and into day four and day five, uh, it was super tough for you. And there were lots of lots of things that were testing you and and having you go back to that original why, like, why am I doing this? So when you did that exercise, what did you come up with? Describe to us your why for wanting to put yourself in truly what sounds like a little bit of danger, why animals and uh, the elements and, and all of that. So what's your why for doing these kind of adventures? You know, I, I call it my journey to inner peace, you know, because all these climbs and ultra gives me an opportunity to escape and connect with my inner self and, you know, praise the nature that how powerful the nature is and how small we are in front of nature. And uh, through these races, I can rise above my ego and put myself into higher domains of spiritual consciousness. So I, I did spiritual meditation. I thanked the jungle that, you know, you allowed me. And before even the going to the jungle, I did my meditation that please allow me, I'm coming. You know, I'm at your mercy. And if you allow mm -hmm. me to, to run through you, I will definitely, I, I, I accept the pain and suffering which you will offer me. But uh, let me finish this race. Mm -hmm. So it's more of kind of self-talk and, you know, very empowering. Yeah, you know, you, you seem to have the same why in a lot of different environments that you find yourself in, and you just find different ways to express that. Would that be an accurate statement? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So did anything particularly surprise you about the Jungle Ultramarathon that you didn't expect? I think uh, everything surprised me. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was way harder than I expected. Okay. I thought it's gonna be trails, beautiful trails, just runnable trails, you know. But no. When the when you have to go shin deep in the mud, you don't know what sharp thing is under there, what uh, and then the river like they had caimans there, anacondas there and poisonous snakes there and so anything can come from any direction. Anybody, you know, uh, mm anything could happen because there is a lot of danger involved in that race. There is surprise elements like any wildlife cougars were there. And you, who knows when you're running long distance, you're not doing with pairs, right? You're spread out so wide that mm -hmm, you don't know mm -hmm. where the next runner is. So you mm -hmm. feel that loneliness in the jungle that and bugs are biting you, insects are crawling you. Like everything is on the move there. Like if you stand for two minutes, probably the ants will carry you from from there so it's <laughs> yeah. it's such a fast ecosystem in the yeah. jungle yeah well earlier you mentioned um mds so that was another the marathon de sable and uh we recently had on <laughs> caroline weeb as you know uh to the show and in episode 82 and one thing that she mentioned about that race because there's similar elements right the distance and the five days and all the different stages and a long day and a challenge, you know, especially challenging day. One thing that she mentioned was just how uh, the the group that they were traveling with, she made some wonderful connections with the people that she was traveling with and they helped each other out and really took care of each other. Was there anything like that that happened uh, that you wanted to talk about in this adventure? 
Absolutely. You know, there was uh, strong camaraderie among runners and those were elite runners. You know, they knew that, you know, what we need and we shared uh, with our laughter, pain uh, at the end of the race. And, you know, we sat down with each other and shared stories. I think those are the relationship for lifelong, you know, because I made really good friends because we have seen each other suffering and, you know, sharing mm -hmm. those fun moments that why we are doing this, you know, there's so much fun in this. Yeah. So I think there is a lot into that. It's not only like camaraderie, it's, it's no building relationship for lifelong. And then uh, if I compare MDS with Jungle Ultra, I know uh, this is uh, a question I was asked. Uh, I would say MDS, like no offense, but MDS is, is not, to, not that risky or dangerous in terms of jungle. So if I have to score MDS, I was proud that I did MDS, but when I did Jungle Ultra, you know, it was eye-opener for me that, you know, there is much tougher race on the planet. Which It does which, sound which very risky. Was anyone injured or, or, or yeah. anything during the race or couldn't complete or wound up in the hospital? Like, talk to us about some of the... Yeah, yeah the medics were good, so, uh, but yeah, we had, like, a lot of injuries, uh, ankle twist. Uh, then someone had a injury on the knee. They fell on the rock, so it was a big cut on the knee. And then uh, I myself was injured, like uh, at two places where I was bleeding. But I, I didn't go to medics. I, I can take care of myself. So, <laughs> but I'd love to see the waiver <laughs> you have to sign. Oh my goodness! And you really weren't joking when you said, you know, the medics are needed at the end of every stage. Probably yeah. for at least one person, somebody does need a medic at the end of each stage. Was anybody bitten by a snake? Was that at all? No, no, okay, no. So that's but good. they had uh, antivenom because they knew that there there is a potential right. of snake bite. And how far apart were the checkpoints? Like, what's the longest distance somebody could potentially 15, be away from help? 15 kilometers. So help, uh, there's only way to access uh, the jungle is through river, through boats. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. Even the medics have to uh, go at least uh, seven to eight hours to rescue, and it might take uh, 15 to 20 hours to reach the nearest hospital if mm -hmm. you are stuck or injured. Right. So okay. that's why medics were checking ahead of time so that they don't run into a situation where they have to evacuate someone in the jungle where there's no help. Yeah. So that's why they were there at the base to talk to everyone that how are you feeling? If you're feeling, don't go because the, it's not going to be an easy rescue for no us. No one's coming yeah. to save you or at least yeah. they can't get there fast, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so you finished this race at the end of day five, a 70K stage yeah. how did you feel crossing that finish line like what was going through your mind at that point you know it was very refreshing and very empowering because you know what i have been through and i when i looked at myself i was just bruised up everywhere and uh, just soaking wet and uh, just you know had tears because i i wanted to do this race and something uh, that can challenge me and that can tell me that, you know, you, you no matter what you have done, you know, you, 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 you still have to struggle through this and, you know, uh, face yourself that, you know, jungle is more powerful than you. And so that, that's, that's like a proud moment for me. And I always respect that medal and uh, jungle has hundred percent respect as uh, mm -hmm. other races I do like mountains and 
and desert. Mm. So when you finally got back to safety and, and civilization and your warm, comfy bed, <laughs> what dry was the, bed. <laughs> yeah, dry, uh, what was the first thing you did to celebrate? Like what, you know, talk to us about after, like what, what does the celebration look like? So uh, we were transported back uh, from Pilkopata, which was almost nine hour journey. And we stopped on uh, midway. There was a street food on the way. So we yeah. just jumped onto donuts and fries. <laughs> I don't know. That. Like, I just... They never taste so have, good. <laughs> we were so hungry. All of us just ate like a monster. Like, we just sat down and they were like, okay, let's go. Let's go. I said, no, no, we still need to eat more. So we took like... <laughs> A lot of food because we were all hungry. That so, street vendor hit the jackpot, man. He's like, yeah, Whoa. they were like, <laughs> and those were really cheap, like uh, only two solas. Those, I'm not sure why the food was so cheap. They should have, mm -hmm. you know, charged us more. But uh, right, you would have paid anything. <laughs> yeah, we, we we did pay extra, but you know, those those guys were very simple and such a you know caring yeah. community and full mm -hmm. respect. Like they they treated us like you know we are their guest and. I really like that hospitality of the mm -hmm. people. Now, just out of curiosity, did you lose weight during this endeavor? Like, uh, how much weight did you lose? <laughs> no idea. I'm not, like, so worried about weight. Weight is so flexible thing. You can gain in two days. You can lose in two days. So I'm not, a, like, such a worrying factor. But, yeah, I did. Uh, my pants were loose. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I felt that. Probably maybe two or three pounds, not much. Yeah. Okay. 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 So on that note, you know, Carolyn asked you some specifics about weight, but I'm curious about some of those real logistical things like salt, your feet. Did they get macerated? So let's start with your feet. Okay. You said Vaseline. Did you deal yeah. with outright maceration in trench foot? Did you get um, sores on your feet or were you able to manage that? Okay. Uh, I did one, I got two blisters and oh, those were not bad. So just, just minor one. So, wow. But wow. I did get trench, trench foot because staying in the water for that long. Right. It's obvious that you're going to get, get that. Yeah. And, uh, it was hard to run after that because okay. your feet adapt to that in, you know, three or four hours of river crossing. Mm -hmm. So that was harder to, to gain that speed. But, you know, mm -hmm. after some time, uh, it was fine. Okay. And I remember Caroline talking about um, because it was self-supported and, and she didn't want to carry a lot of like extra pairs of shoes. So when you get wet yeah. feet, did, did you have a backup pair of shoes or was it just always putting no. the wet ones back on? Just oh the same. Gosh. We were all wet, like clothes never dried because of humidity. So yeah, everything was right. wet. Sleeping bag was wet. Hammock was wet. Our food items were in plastic bags so that those were not wet. Otherwise, we were so uncomfortable in that uh, situation, you know, being wet. Okay. And then how did you manage, you know, this is coming from somebody who's had a hyponatremia a couple times, like seriously, how did you manage electrolytes? Did you just pack a whole bottle of salt pills with you the whole way or what did you do? So I had electrolytes. So one bottle, I had simple water and one bottle electrolytes. And I, I switched after like aid station, I added extra salt. Okay. So that helped me. Like I never had any salt related issues or dehydration. I learned from uh, MDS that, you know, even if you're not thirsty, keep, keep, keep drinking. 
keep drinking. Right. I was pouring yeah. water on my head and yeah. there was a lot of streams and rivers. So mm -hmm. every stream river, we just, you know, I put my, put water on and splash on my face so that when my core temperatures is maintained. Okay. That helped. That's, that's a benefit. Yeah. Did you ever filter water or did you have enough water from the aid stations that you could? I just drank from the, like from the stream. Oh, you that's just, okay. okay. Yeah, it was fresh water. It's yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, a world traveler like you wouldn't even think twice of that. So that's great. <laughs> okay. So was this race what you expected? You said everything surprised you, but did you get what you were expecting? Yes, I got the element of, uh, you know, that uh, peace, you know, and that suffering, which I, I seeked from this race. So I mm -hmm. think uh, I'm a better person as I do all these mm -hmm. hard things. Every race brings uh, the best out of me and, you know, at least uh, gives me a chance to, to share, you know, the things we, we fight in our daily life, the thing we get mad at, you know, those are very small things. You know, yes. there are bigger things yes. in life and you have to be happy inside and, you know, make every day a great day by helping others and, you know, be a better person. Mm. Well, you may have piqued some people's interest with this race, not mine, <laughs> no offense, <laughs> but <laughs> I can skip this race, um, but somebody may be intrigued. So what advice would you give to somebody maybe dreaming about doing this race someday? You know, go prepared. You'd need uh, to train yourself with the heat, a lot of heat conditioning, get yourself used to the worst weather conditions. So, because once you have that mindset of uh, pushing through those extremes, you know, there are very high chances you're going to make it and run with wet feet, pour a bucket of water mm -hmm. on you, go for a run, pour, pour a bucket of water and go for a run. That's how Amazon race was like every mm -hmm. time wet, doesn't matter, you know, how, how wet your feet, you know, the feet won't get dry. dry or there'll be mud. So just go jump in a puddle and go running. Just to, well, just in the to spring have in Manitoba, that's entirely possible. White shell this year was all a one big puddle. So yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, what did you learn about yourself this time? Every race changes you in some way, Dalip, and I'm sure you know that. What, what did you learn this time? Yeah, that's really a you know, tough question for me at this point because I, I personally chose this challenge, you know, I'm, I'm still in a journey and I think the best is yet to come. So all these dots will connect when I, I finish, you know, my, my journey. So still few more left in my bucket list. Uh, and I think, uh, I think I'm one step closer to, to what I want to achieve is, uh, you know, to be a better person and, uh, you know, be, be available in the community to help others grow. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, you mentioned you've got some races left on your bucket list. So we happen to know that you've got uh, one of those coming up very, very shortly. So what's next for you? So I'm uh, doing Mont Blanc uh, 93K. It's uh, four days from now and I'm leaving tomorrow for Chamonix and uh, it's going to be a fun race. Uh, I think my Jungle Ultra is a training race for that. <laughs> so I jokingly said to Delete before we started recording, like, is this a pro thing for you now? Like, do you ever work? You just seem to adventure and, and run all these amazing places you and know, races. I call it living the dream life, you know, because oh, we all have this sure. opportunity window 
and if it is missed you you missed everything you know so i don't want to miss any and it's a very aggressive plan and just get it done and out of the way and then just chill <laughs> work hard play hard eh? <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah what does your family think about you going off on all of these adventures well, yeah, family thinks I'm crazy and I've crossed all the boundaries and uh, <laughs> because I told them that after Everest, I'm not going to do anything. And then now these things are coming up from nowhere. So it's a bit of surprise for them, you know, every time when I say, you know, I want to do this and next this. So I have a South Pole coming up in December, which I'm already working on the finances. Okay. And uh, the North Pole Marathon is in April. April. Wow, all four corners and 3D, high, low, yeah. north, south. It's um are you gonna write a book someday, Delete? Yes. Do you think that's that's the plan, you know. After doing my north all the three poles and okay. my extreme races, I'm gonna write, you know, uh, and the book title would be Enlightenment Through Suffering. Okay, so this doesn't surprise me at all. You know, um I'm sure you'll have many, many amazing thoughts to share experiences to share and that is one book that yeah. i will definitely pick up when it eventually yes. comes out all in one book <laughs> yeah yeah and then there'll be volume two and three until you're 95 <laughs> i'm sure so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is who knows you know yeah, yeah. Who knows? Exactly. Your family should stop questioning, you know, or believing you when you say that's it, because they should yeah. know better. Um <laughs> But this is life, uh, living life to the fullest. So thank you so much for sharing the tale of your most recent adventure with us. I have a feeling you're going to be a multiple repeat guest on the Inspired Souls podcast. My pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Just to, you know, if anybody wants to find you and follow along, where can they find you? Um, are you on Instagram? Yes, I am. Okay. Um I What's your handle? My ID. You don't know. It's <laughs> okay. We'll How can you include it in the show? No. Yeah. yeah. My name, like Dilip Shikhavat, I think that's my ID okay. because I'm not not very active in a way, but okay. I do do okay. share sometimes. Okay. But I really have to get active now because South Pole. I need some sponsors. You know, okay. Yeah. It's a it's a big one. Eighty five thousand dollars trip. Okay. Well, check out Dilip's Instagram because there's going to be information on that coming up. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, good luck uh, next week at Mont Blanc and enjoy the high country for a change. And hopefully your phone doesn't break. You can take some amazing pictures up there. And, and thank you for joining us again and sharing your stories with us. Thank you very much. You know, it's my pleasure to, to be with you. 